guys. Welcome to a very special hiatus episode of the Wednesdays with Watson podcast. Make sure that you hang out to the end of this podcast because boy, do I have some special news for you towards the end. But today's episode has been literally sitting on the desktop of my laptop since September. Today's episode is a conversation with my good friend, senior pastor, Dr. Charles Reed of the First Baptist Church in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I dropped this episode today because I remembered something that he talked about towards the end of the interview. He talks about having joy in the midst of such a difficult time for every single person on this planet. So make sure you hang out towards the end of the episode is where he talks about that. But he also shares his heart with us and what it's been like to shepherd a church through a pandemic. A pandemic that their church admittedly was not technologically ready for. He tells us what it's like to preach to an empty room in a blinking light. And so I am so excited for you guys to hear this conversation with Dr. Charles Reed. I'm going to drop into it. Again, I invite you to hang out towards the end. I will be back on with some very special announcements regarding season two and a significant giveaway to my Wednesdays with Watson listeners. And so here we are, my conversation Dr. Charles Reed, Senior Pastor, First Baptist Church of Allentown, Pennsylvania. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Wednesdays with Watson. And today, I am honored to have Dr. Charles Reed here with us. And full disclosure, uh, I was in his wedding, and his wife is one of my best friends in the whole world. Chuck, as we know him, uh, is the pastor, the senior pastor of First Baptist Church in Allentown, Pennsylvania. He has received multiple degrees, a master's in biblical studies from Dallas Theological Seminary, as well as a PhD in administration uh, with a focus on church leadership from Trinity Theological Seminary. And so, Chuck, welcome to the show. I've been so excited about this um, because I think that you're just going to bring such encouragement um, to folks out there and you're going to help us know how to encourage you. So welcome and thank you for taking the time to do this. I know it's a very busy time for you. Well, I'm so excited, Amy, to be with you, and it's been just a privilege to hear. I haven't heard all of them yet, but to continue to walk through this season with you, God is using you in an incredible way. Well, thank you, and as you know, you guys are part of that story, that community that I talk about all the time. Um, You you guys are my family, as we call it, and so, but what I'm doing, um, just a couple icebreaker questions. You and I joke that that I am your football wife, and uh, we... (laughs) So far, we're two games in, and we still got football, at least NFL, going on. But I'm gonna—I've been asking everybody two questions, and I'm actually so you're originally from upstate New York, and then I knew you when you lived in Florida, and now you live in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and so you've had a little of both. If you could pick between mountains and ocean, what would you pick right now? You know, really, here we don't call it—we we call it the shore. So I had to get used to that. You know, when you and I were running around the Bay Area in Tampa, um, we called it the beach, but we called it the shore. And Amy and I, we just, we can, it drives our kids nuts, but the, the shore is definitely where we can put our chairs down and not move the entire day. So I would say the shore. And that is truly why you're my people, um, because I, I think you you guys are one of the only two people that have ever gotten up to watch the sunrise with me at the Jersey mm-hmm. Shore. And so now the next question I already know, but I want you to tell the people who your favorite NFL team is and why is it the Jacksonville Jaguars? 
Well, um, I didn't know we were going to lie um, <laughs> time together. Um, actually, um, it's, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, the reason being my father would throw me out of the house if I didn't root for them as a young person. And um, But yeah, just uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, actually, my favorite college team is the Penn State Nittany Lions. So God took me from Nashville, Tennessee to three hours away from Happy Valley. So I, I couldn't be um, I, I'm just very much the gratitude I have for God for doing that. It's so nice to be in Nittany Lion country. So true. And get out of Titans country because we all know how I feel about the Titans. So, well, I know that you don't have a lot of time, but clearly I wanted to get your perspective and, and I want to start by sharing a story with you. And, and, um, of all the people that I'm going to interview for this pandemic perspectives, the likelihood of one or both of us crying during this is, is high. Um, but my pastor a couple weeks ago, so I attend a church in Clearwater, Florida, um, who uh, the, the pastor's good friend, a good friend of mine, as well as his wife, and really part of my redemption story. And a few weeks ago, um, in a sermon series that he was preaching on Lamentations, and he, even he was like, who does that? Who preaches a sermon on Lamentations? Um, but he stood in the pulpit and he said, you know, people have been asking me how I've been doing. And this was like June. So we had, we had stopped meeting in March, and uh, he said, people keep asking me how I'm doing. And this is a great order. This is a man who, you know, doesn't go off script, and he's a great order. And he just held on to that pulpit like it was for dear life, and he said, I want you guys to know that I am grieving because I miss you. And so as I was thinking of the first question I have for you, I know that that too was the case for you because I know you and I know you well. I know how much you love to disciple people and buy them coffee. I've been with you in a car where we followed somebody to a gas station and, and you filled up their tank and you just love people. And suddenly you've been asked not only on a personal discipleship level, but as a senior level pastor to turn on a dime. So many of your activities and stuff were about just meeting with people and then obviously preaching. I want to ask you this question because like my pastor, I know you'll be honest with me. How was that for you? Like, I know you had people that helped you make decisions. Mm. Tell me a little bit about that because people need to hear pastor's perspective. Well, you know, when I first started at First Baptist Church, it was so interesting because um, I'm a little bit of a different pastor. Um, I'm outside the office more than I'm inside the office. I remember the first two secretaries, I remember their exit interviews. They said, what do you do all day? <laughs> I was like, well, I'm, I'm, um, I'm with people and, um, you know, really focusing on men and, and um, really focusing on relationships. Cause you know, when you look at statistics and things, you know, if the men in the household can get their life right with God and walk and start leading spiritually, it just transforms the entire home. So, and just working with men from all different backgrounds, single men, married men, you know, and, and just walking through life with them. And it just changed. I, I will never forget that first meeting as we sat there as a board. And uh, we actually had a new head of our board that was established like two weeks before. I mean, what timing is that? <laughs> this poor yeah. guy, he's done a great job, but right. it was it was like, okay, what do we do? And I kept people saying, well, it's just going to be two weeks, two weeks, we're fine. And I'm like, I hope so. And we walked through some things. And I remember that first Sunday I get up and I'm in an empty sanctuary to preach. And we're, we're actually, we had no capabilities 
in any way to be online or anything like that. We, we had one camera in the back that kind of shot a projection of the whole front of the stage and the church, and that was it. So, Somebody shooting it on their iPhone or something at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're sitting there looking up going, okay, what's the best thing we can do to do this quickly? Yeah. And so I'm preaching all by myself, and, um, and, and just moving into that, season. It was about a month there we did that where I'd go in on a Thursday and I would just try to preach a perfect sermon because we couldn't quite edit it the way we wanted to. And uh, the week before Easter Sunday was horrific. I mean, I think I stayed there for 10 hours trying to figure it out. Wow. So that was a major change. And I feed off the people in the sanctuary. I, I have, they're my friends. They're people that encourage me. And, uh, you know, another thing I had to do uh, was I had never used Zoom before in my life. Wow. You know, I, I've been one on one. I, I am yeah. I'm the actually the pastor of the Whitehall Panera. You know, I, I that's where I do my best work. And with your with your coffee subscription. Oh man, that, <laughs> that we won't even talk about the money I've made on that. And um but I you know, I learned that and I it was actually prepping for the first board meeting and watching you get on get on screen and you look at all the guys and they're just so stressed. And there were so many levels to this, you know, some of them didn't know if they'd have jobs in the next couple of weeks. So there's some of their families, you know, their kids were at home and that added a stressor that nobody really thought about because we didn't expect that. It didn't really hit me. I knew Will was home, but then Becca's on her way home from college. So there's a whole dynamic there, you know, and then we have this church we're leading. And we're walking through this process and trying to figure out, okay, God, what are you calling us to? And it really got down to discernment mm -hmm. and what God was calling us to in that moment. Lots of, you know, it's very appropriate here, lots of trauma going on in families, lots of fear, you know, lots of things that we just were just overwhelmed. It's like a tsunami of emotions within our church you know, and we just kind of, I, I just really sat back and looked at the fear and frustration. And it took about a month. And, and I was sitting down with my staff, you know, sitting down with Adam and Dave, we're sitting there talking. And, and uh, we, we actually, you know, started a series called Now What? And the whole idea was rebooting after chaos. I mean, we were there, you know, we thought, okay, we're going to reboot after this chaos. Yeah. Well, I would kid every week. We're still in the middle of the chaos. So we'll save this stuff as we go. And then just the frustration of people yeah. and, and just leaning into church leader. Why is this occurring? How is this happening? And we just scrambled in every way we could to connect. And one of the things that happened, our church jumped like 20 years and we're not quite arrived yet. So if you go and watch us online, we're still learning. And any given thing can happen on any weekend with uh, YouTube and Facebook, but we literally got our presence on there with, with uh, Good Friday Night. I'll never forget the, the uh, board asked us, hey, can you do something live on Good Friday Night? And we did it and it worked. And then we were all in. And from that moment, we've been doing a nine o'clock live service. And um, we just had to change some things. And that experience, I'm I don't mind change. Change is a part of life. It's something that happens all the time. People who are who are who had a hard time with change. This has been just it's exacerbated all the emotions they usually have. Sure. And just trying to deal with those things and loving people where they're at. And that's that's one thing we did. We just we were loving them where they, they were, were at. But I had to yeah. change things up and kind of get myself to a place where I could do ministry without that hands-on. I mean, right. I looked at our congregation like the second week we were online. And I said, man, I just want to give you all a hug. 
you know, yeah. but we can't right now and that's okay. And we'll get through this. Well, and I, and you very much like me are an extrovert. And so you're hard as a pastor and you are a very different pastor. one of the things that I've always loved about you is really taking that, 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 I keep I keep saying as I, I came up with this phrase that the the game is long and the mission is important, and so for an extroverted, called pastor of a senior church who does ministry around fire pits and in hammocks and in kayaks and in at Panera, I, I I knew it had to be hard for you. And then of course as a father with two kids in college and one at home whose wife works in an industry that was affected, it it, it just did a number on you. I watched it do a number on you and I can see it in your eyes now. And, and so it, it just, I just want to just, I want to hug you right now and I can't through this, this zoom, but um, one of the other things that um, I think is interesting too is so now we've started to regather um, at least our church. I think we're in week two or three of regathering and I've not been yet um, because I'm not comfortable going yet. And that's going to happen. Um, and there may be some listeners out there because there, let me ask my question first, but there may be some listeners out there that feel bad about that. Like my pastor and every pastor that I've heard is really saying, if you're not comfortable coming back, please don't, we're still going to do everything we can. And at, and at first Baptist church of Allentown, like you said, you guys had nothing in place and then just thank God was able to turn it on a dime and I think, by the way, that that's going to cause a revival across this country because I've been church binge watching for six months now. I finally got to see you preach. And uh, I literally just go from my YouTube channel to YouTube channel. But with that being said, there are plenty of people out there that are still afraid to gather. They're still afraid to come to church. As a pastor, I know you guys have a plan in place to continue. You've done some things with right now media with the kids that have been really cool. Um, Zoom meetings for your small groups and things like that. But could you speak to your people out there? And because I've been to your church and because I'm so close to your family, lots of listeners in Whitehall and Allentown, Pennsylvania are going to hear this. What would you say to your, your, your people who just say, Pastor Chuck, I love you. I love the church, um, but I'm nervous about coming back. What would you say to them? Well, first of all, um, hold on, you know, the, the, um, don't, don't give up the, the season is gonna, I'm, you know, one thing that I've heard a lot, we can't wait till we get back to normal. Right. You know, um, you know, and you know, people get upset when you say, well, this is a new normal. I think life is always a new normal. This has been a very traumatic time. This has been a time that's stretching us all, frustrating us. There's fear, all those things we talked about earlier, but, don't lose focus on the people around you that you have a relationship with. You know, one of the things I was able to do was lean into my family a little bit more. Yeah. I was home more, you know, I didn't realize how much time I spent driving back and forth to the church or driving places. Um, you know, leaning in, you know, my, my, my highlight of my day at one point in ministry was actually driving through the Panera drive through to do ministry with them just to kind of get a fix. You know, I was like, <laughs> I need to talk to somebody. We see fruit of that now, you know, some yeah. of those young people there are, are looking at our church and just were able to minister. I had one as I'm driving out the other day, they go, love you, Pastor Chuck. And I was like, whoa, you know, that that's the ministry that we do. And just hold on and find those little places where you can minister to your family. We can minister and then, and then your friends. And then as you keep working out um, and just celebrating with people, some of these things, you know, we've had, we've been to weddings where we just driven by with a sign and that really meant a lot to people as we did things like that. And just, you know, and, and one thing, Amy and I, our, our church is too big for us to call somebody every week, 
But if Amy discerned somebody she felt like she needed to call, she would call them. Or if I had the same thing, I've had guys in the back with their hammocks six feet apart, just um, just do that. But just connect with people because yeah. that's important. Hold on. Praying more than ever. Spend time with God and, and don't get so busy. You know, it's amazing how busy we got in the midst of everything stopping because we all start doing all these things. And it's all this time. And then there was burnout you know, and, and just really slowing down and don't miss out on your time with, in the word, spending time in God's word and personal worship and connecting with people and be creative, you know, just, just make sure, you know, keep it safe, but be creative. Um, you know, even if it has to be on zoom and you're having a cup of coffee and talking, um, do that. And then also, and this is one thing that really, um, I think there was a season within this season where I lost my joy and I was so covered up in busyness and all these things were going on around me. And I just, I remember I'd sit out under the tree and just cry with God and spend time with God and say, man, I need that back. There's all these pressures, but one thing I've always had is that joy. And, you know, James one, two, three, four, you know, counted all joy when we encountered various trials what a major trial. You know, we encounter various trials for the testing of our faith produces endurance. And when endurance has its full effect, we become perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And I, I thought about that verse and said, you know, God, you're just perfecting the body of Christ right now. And we're, when we're being perfected, we're walking through trials, it's painful. And just recognize that this God doesn't waste pain. God doesn't waste trauma. And as we, as we look at that perspective, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, I got the, I got the funniest email and it was, it was from a buddy of mine, um, Dave, and I just love Dave. And uh, he emailed me, and I'll, I'll never, I'll never um, erase this email. He said, I just want to let you know that your optimism is really annoying. And we got laughing, and I, I saw him, and I've been telling people that. Um, he it's says, so just true, annoying. though. It, it's well, kind of true. Well, but when we, when we trust that the Lord is moving in this situation and we allow him to allow him to place us into some very uncomfortable situations where people are hurting and just practice the ministry of presence and we can transform people. You don't need a theology degree to sit down with somebody and just have your Bible open and just talk. And that's, that's key. That's, that's what I want my people to be doing in our church and what we as the body of Christ need to be doing, leaning into each other and also leaning into our neighbor. Right. Imagine this situation, this season without Jesus at the center of your life. No, I can't. No, so, I really can't. So th- that's, that's what I would tell. That's what I would tell my people. And that's and, what I continue to tell my people. And so I think that that's such a good word for people who need to stay home still, um, for whatever reason, but as a overall encouragement, even to me, that's encouraging because I think one of the things that we have found and you and I are, you have a couple years on me, 18 months to be exact, but, um, but, but, but you and I grew up going to church every time the doors were open. Um, you know, I, I joke, we had, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, soul winning Saturday night youth group with the whole idea to keep us out of trouble. Right. And so for Gen Xers, particularly Gen Xers that have been in church their whole life, for me, and, and, and probably even for you as a pastor, it rocked me. Like, I, what? I can't go to church? Mm-hmm. And so, so what you just explained is church. 
leaning into each other. It's a big part about what we talk about on the podcast with community is leaning into people because we were not meant to do this alone. You preached a sermon on Philippians uh, during this time, which Philippians is my favorite book of the Bible. And you even preached a sermon on my favorite verse in Philippians, probably my favorite verse in all of the Bible, Philippians 1.12. I believe where Paul says, I believe that the things that have happened to me have really served to further the gospel. And I just, it's encouraging to me to hear a pastor say, look, we don't know what it's going to look like. We had to turn on a dime. If we have another research, we're going to go back to where we were. But the most important thing is, is to stay connected, to understand that everybody has been through this trauma and, and we, we, we got to stay home because I, I agree with you. The days went by fast and it seemed like nothing got done except for complete burnout, you know? And so, and you also pastor a church that's multi-generational and that's not unusual, but, but, but you, what is a little unusual about First Baptist Church of Allentown is just the diversity in your church. And so knowing fully how you had to kind of work around that. And, and so, you know, just this idea of us leaning into each other um, is so important. And so um, I want to just end with a verse that reminds me of you. And um, because, uh, you know, I love you, you know, I love you. Um, I hope that pastors and leaders out there who hear you, I wish they could see what I see, which is, look, you know, I'm grieving too. When my pastor stood at that pulpit and, and hung on to that pulpit, white knuckled, what it did for me was help me understand my own fetal positions and my couch, um, because it's too hot to be in my hammock um, dick, during those days. And so what pastors out there need to hear is, yeah, it hurt, but we understood that we had to turn on a dime and that, and thank you for being transparent on on the joy part, because there was a point even in my own life where there was none of that. This podcast started out of a pandemic. And so I believe that Philippians 1.12 is exactly what is going to happen with this pandemic and that people are watching that would never watch. And now First Baptist Church of Allentown is on YouTube every week, even when we get back to air quote normal. And so, but I've known you since I was 19 years old. And there's a ver my very first pastor in Jacksonville, he loved this verse. And he actually, when he passed away, he had his Bible on his lap. And th this was the verse that it was opened up to. And, 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 and I just want to thank you for coming on and thank you for helping us. But it's 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And I only know it in, a, in the King James Version, sorry, um, which is actually the more beautiful to me. And this is you, Charles Reed. And I just want to encourage you and all you pastors out there listening I tried to get your wife on here to talk from a pastor's wife perspective and she won't do it. So, uh, for, but for pastor's wives too, but this is it, this is what you're doing. And I want to encourage you. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because your labor is not in vain. Amen. And it would have been really easy to just quit. And what I mean by that is, we don't have a we don't have a way to online give, which hopefully you've done by now. Um, is there a way for people listening from First Baptist Church of Allentown to tithe? Go ahead. Oh and yeah, and that, okay. that's been that's been a wonderful part of this season. God has really, really, um, the, He's just provided. So yes, um, okay, that good. that is definitely an aspect that God has been so good. 
Well, I do believe that this is going to turn into a revival. People are hearing the message of, of Christ that have never heard it. And we are on a, a series of podcasts about trauma. And, a, and I'm so happy to hear a leader identify that we've all been through it. And, um, and, and we're going to go through more. I don't think we're anywhere near done. And so I just want to encourage you to continue to be steadfast. You have been my, the entire time I've known you and the work of the Lord, none of it without attack. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm always praying for you about something. And so, um, but so Chuck's word to the people guys is that community lean into your family, love Jesus, love each other. Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Well, guys, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Reed, and I hope that you heard his heart as he really highlighted for us what the most important thing is, and that is discipling people wherever you are, helping people wherever you are. We talked about it the entire season of the first season of Wednesdays with Watson, PTSD, Jesus and Me community, whether it's a Panera Bread, whether it is a brick-and-mortar church, or if it's the grocery store. We all can do our part and just pouring into other people as everyone is struggling. More importantly, it is my prayer that you find that joy today that he talked about. It does exist and it is absolutely connected with the star of my story, Jesus, because I don't know how anybody could find joy in anything that is going on on this planet right now without the hope that comes from the star of the story. So now for some of the fun things, guys. One month from today, season two of Wednesdays with Watson will be published. And so in two more weeks, I will be releasing a teaser along with the title of season two, as well as um, some other things that you'll see on social media. I am also announcing a giveaway a $100 value giveaway, either an Amazon gift card or books that you may want. And to be entered into that contest, go to amywatsonauthor.com slash contact, fill out that form, and just write me a quick note in the message section there, and you will be entered. I will be making a live announcement of the $100 value giveaway on December the 31st, 2020. And so head over there now so that I can have your contact information and that you can be entered into the contest. Until then, let the healing continue. And we'll see you guys in a couple weeks with season two trailer.